Hey guys, this is Derek, and I'm excited to be here with our first ever podcast of our men's podcast, Warriors of Truth. I'm here with Grant. Hello. And I'm here with John. Yo. Hi, John. <laughs> hi, Grant. I forgot to say that. <laughs> and hey, hi, Derek. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, John here is the the leader of our men's ministry here at Rise. And Grant is the same guy that you've heard over at the Truth Response, which is this is a byproduct of. Um, and yeah, I'm going to turn it over to John. Okay, well, this is going to be fun. Um, well, today we're going to talk about a man's identity. A um, what? A man's identity? Yes. All right. Who we truly are. So, like, what is a man? No. Oh. How. And I don't want this to go the wrong way, but how we identify or where do we get our identity from? society have to say about us they have a lot to say that is wrong but i say before we do that we have Derek pray for us that's probably a good idea and then we're going to go into a little uh trivia that i got trivia all right cool all right father god thank you so much for just another day that we get to glorify you um thank you for the opportunity to sit together um with a couple other guys um and just talk about what it means to be a man and where our identity lies, and uh, just guide the conversation, um, direct us in our paths, and uh, we know that you will make all of our paths straight, and it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Woo, thank you. So I thought it would be uh, funny, because we're going to learn what a, a man's identity and where we should find our identity. So why don't we... Look at some slogans and see if you can guess oh. what company goes with these slogans. Slogan game. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's so, do it. Uh, we'll start off a little easy because this is how people identify with certain companies. Uh, okay. Just do it. Nike. Yeah. Um, think different. Oh. I already lost. Yeah, because I think there's only one person in this room that uses this. Think different? Right it's Apple. Oh what? yeah! What they have a slogan? Nasty. I've never seen anything other than an apple. Um, it should be original sin. Here we go. That should be their slogan. <laughs> Maybe you guys went here for your wives. A diamond is forever. Di- that's not Diamond District. What is it? Duncan Diamonds? Nope. I don't know. A diamond it's not is not Hellsberg, is it? Nope. Good because that's where I went. De Beers. Oh. Yeah. I've never even heard of that place. <laughs> like, what I've is heard that? the slogan, but I've never. I've not. I mean, oh, man. so you can always think of every kiss begins with K. Okay, right. That one's an easy one. <laughs> that is right? an easy like, one. It's in the name. Um, let's see. Or it uh, is the name. Okay, here we go. Name. Here we go. We'll talk about men today. So, the best a man can get. <laughs> oh come on! Well, okay, Derek may not because he doesn't shave. <laughs> I don't no, know. It's a razor, G- Gillette yeah, or it's something. Gillette. Oh, it's Gillette. Oh because I don't think they believe that now. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll digress right. into something else. Um, Jeremy's razors. Free, there you go. Free advertisement for Jeremy's razors. There you go. Nice little plug. Maybe they'll give you something for it. Maybe they'll listen. Um, 
<laughs> it looks like it's doing really well. You got a beard halfway down your chest. <laughs> that's really? never been that's oh, never man. been trimmed. It's it's made it's made its way. And his hair and his hair is the same way. So. I'm making up for the lack well, of a man card, all right. Quality never goes out of style. Dude, My I don't know goodness. any of these slogans. Obviously. Like, okay, that's Levi's. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Y'all know this one. Finger licking good. Are you sucking fried chicken? Yes. Yeah, all, right. all right. Woo. Um, well, okay. <clears throat> in all fairness, there's not one anywhere around here anymore. That's true. <clears throat> that's true. Yeah, there's one right here in in our hometown. Oh no, there's not. It's I not. It's, it's so. not my it's hometown. A it's a Popeyes. <laughs> well, it's where we're living currently. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Snap, crackle, pop. Snapple. Rice Krispies? <laughs> it's Rice Krispies. <laughs> Snapple. Snapple. <laughs> what is that? Okay, here, here's know. an old one. Um, this is terrible. It's a drink. Here, Why are we a, doing this? This is terrible. Uh, because it's funny? <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, here we go. So <laughs> easy a caveman can do it. Oh, jeez. Oh, dang. What was oh, that? Come on. The only thing worse well, I know than this is. is like movie trivia or something. <laughs> this is terrible. Just imagine what we would have done <laughs> if I would have pulled up the logo picture one. Oh. <laughs> Might be able to do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about one? this one? How about what was this that one? one? I can't well, how about this one? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes will save you fifteen percent. That was Geico. the caveman one. Was Geico also? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That was the first one. I was like, I know oh, that. Oh my goodness! I'm tr- man, this is going better than I thought. <laughs> what are we you bring, wearing, Jake we from Steak Farm? <laughs> we bring good things to life. I'm not guessing anymore. <laughs> it's General Electric. Up. You Grant never. Quit. Oh my. Grant okay, quit. here we go. If if we can say this, if not, it'll probably be edited out. Oh, anyway. how about, the how king, about this? The king of beers. The king of beers. Oh, I mean, Bud, Bud Light. Bud <laughs> no, it's Budweiser. 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 Yeah. And they're all the same. Anheuser Busch owns all of them. Okay. What about this one? I got one. What? I got one. The best. Part of waking up is Folgers in, in your cup. cup. See, you got that one. <laughs> and I hate right. Folgers. I drink uh, coffee. Yeah, it's Freaky Fast. Coffee. Oh, Jimmy John's. Yes, hey, all right. Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Look at that. Oh, um, we are the competition. I don't know, but I don't like their attitude. We are farmers. Ferrari. That's Ferraris. That's Ferraris? Yeah. Huh. I don't like Ferraris, so. Okay. Did you ever hear the story about Mr. Lamborghini going to talk to him about talking to Ferrari and tell him that, you know, he needed to change this and that and Ferrari blew him off and he said, fine, I'm going to, I'm going to run you into the ground. And Lamborghini went and toasted him. Wow. Toasted him. Didn't, That's what I didn't, like. I don't care for Lamborghinis either. Well, either way. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. They we'll, just we'll don't make, make room. <laughs> there's not room, <laughs> room for a big guy. <laughs> We'll make this one the last That's one since problem. you guys are struggling so hard. Uh, it keeps going and going and Energizer going. battery. There you go. All right. All right. Man, What's the point of all this? Well, because most people identify a company with their slogan or their logo. Okay. So it's just I got you. they I got have you. an identity. Yeah. And so And they obviously, people know their identity just yeah. by a slogan they've put out or you know, by a logo. Think about how messed up it is whenever they go and try to change their identity and it all really goes to heck and really causes some problems. But Imagine okay. that. Yes. But sometimes <laughs> sometimes it actually works out. Like when you rebrand. 
Correct. Because I mean, that's what yeah. that's what it that's that's a way of except saying we're it. not made to rebrand. Well, let's just leave that out. Us as us as are we? You know, we rebrand? No, we're are, not. Are made we to re- not made to rebrand? No. Well, when we come because to we, Jesus, we have sure. I was gonna say we have a broken brand. Yes. To start okay, with, okay, fair enough. But if we don't have our identity correct, then we live in the wrong identity, ah. right? And so we'll our never brand be is able wrong. to. As men, we'll never be. But that's not a rebranding. We're embracing the wrong brand. Mm. We're embracing the wrong identity if it's not the one that comes from God Himself. You could have saved three pieces of paper had you double-sided printed. Stop, stop even. Stop even. All right. I couldn't or even just, get the printer. Just use the word document, the word, and it would have came up on one sheet of paper like I have, like I sent it Look, to dude, it wouldn't, I couldn't get it to print. I'm just so doing Lizzie a hard redirect here. So, all right. So what, uh, okay, so we discussed what society says about. Well, we didn't discuss what they said. I didn't know. We didn't make we it that did, far. So, so we need to. So, what does society say about men? Well, that was where I was going. What oh, does society sorry. say? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead, but um, what does society? Let's discuss what. L- let's understand where we get my our identity wrong. My favorite line. Okay. okay. All right. My quote. favorite line that people say is toxic masculinity. Mm. But that's an oxymoron. Well, if you understand what my masculinity is, exactly. Right? exactly. But society is the one that's saying, you know. That were toxic, right? Have there been toxic men, toxic male leaders that have resulted in terrible things? Well, just look around. Absolutely. Read history. Absolutely. There have been oppressive men that have degraded women publicly, right? I mean... Not even degraded women. They just led nations the wrong way because they were living off of their own identity or what they wanted people to see them as. And they were never embracing the identity that was given to us. So you you figure the the world tells us how much money you make, what position or what job title you have, what you drive, uh, uh, even like what how you look, yeah. how what your kids accomplish. What what else does society say? Um, well, for men, how many? women you've slept with okay there you go um again you already mentioned but your job yeah you're a, a man most men in society find their identity in their job what hobbies you can have yep what jobs what jobs you can work whether right? you whether yep. you go out and hunt and kill animals or wherever it is okay. if you don't do that oh you're not a man so i need to scoot over is what you're saying yeah. all right and we're back okay so where did we leave off men Oh, the, um, society says if you're a hunter or not. Uh, and that's a good point. Okay, so, um, you know, people... Was you like people sports? Hi- yeah, sports, working out, uh, hunting, different things that are like these stereotypical, like, oh, you've got to be a grill master. Like, you got to know how to work on cars. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You've got to be able to fix your house. How about this? You'd be able to build a house. Well, how about this? A man has to provide physically for his family. Hmm. What do you what What do you think about that? As far as like being breadwinner, right? I think there's I think there's different angles on it. I don't I don't think it's completely like against 
I, I think our society, in our society, most married couples, there's two incomes. I mean, we're looking at dual incomes for a very, very high percent percentage of our society. Now, is that a result because we live outside our means and we need more money, or is that because of inflation and we need to make more money to... I don't know. A little bit There's of both. A little bit of both, yeah. right? But does a man have to be the breadwinner of the family? I don't think so. I think you, you can still be head of house and not be the breadwinner. Now, I think that there's got to be a, a significant amount of respect and understanding and some pretty hard guardrails around, you know, who does what and how like how it works out. I mean, I believe, like, the Bible lays it out pretty firmly, like, we're meant to be our head of house. Like, God, husband, father, wife, kids. Well, yeah, I mean, I've said it many times. We will answer as men for how we've led our family. Mm -hmm. Our wife will not answer for that. Our kids will not answer for that. We will totally go before God, and he will say, how did you do? Mm-hmm. And we won't be able to say, oh, well, m- my wife was doing that. No, that's no. not her responsibility no. at all. Um, I, I only brought it up because a lot of men get the false identity that they have to work. Mm-hmm. Even if God is, so God may be calling you to do something else. I actually had this conversation with a brother. Well, today. I don't like I don't like the fact that you said the work because men do have to work. I mean, that's kind of, that's what we're tasked with. But do you have to work a, outside the home and no, bring in money? No, but I, I just want to clarify. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm just that's what I mean. So, yeah. so let's just say uh, I had to talk with a brother, and he felt God is calling him to quit his job and be a stay-at-home dad and take his. Uh, for one, it'll free up bills that he's just he seems to be working just to pay those bills. Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't working, then he wouldn't have all these extra bills and. He could be at home, homeschool his kids, take care of things around the house. Um, but most men will be like, oh, no, you can't do that. You have to be out there and you have to be working. But wait a minute. If your wife is okay and she's making enough money to pay the bills and everything, are you not still leading your family? You're just staying at home. You, I don't believe you have to be outside the home. If God has called you to do something else, even if it's a, even if God's called you, hey, I can do a part-time job and do things that God has asked me to do, he's still going to bless you. And I guess the only point I'm trying to make is that we have gotten, society has put it in our head that we have to be working, we have to be bringing in the money, and we tend to forget our other responsibilities. We tend to forget how we're taking care of our wife. We tend to forget how we're raising our kids. It's not the school's responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility to teach your kid about who they're supposed to be and embracing their identity. It's your responsibility. The church is here to help. School is here to help. But you will answer for all those things. We have to provide not just physically but spiritually, emotionally for our family. It is us to set the precedence of how that looks like. Yeah. And so I just, I mean, I think it us gets, as men, we think it's manly if you're working outside the home, but that necessarily isn't it for gets, every every man. Yeah. It gets tricky pretty quick, I think. I think that 
when you start mixing up certain roles. I mean, some of them we have imposed uh, socially, uh, you know, cultural standards of how things work. I tend to lean towards the conservative side of like the way that I believe, like I take a lot of pride in being able to provide for my family and so that my wife can be home and so that she can make a priority of our kids and take care of that. Now, that being said, in a lot of situations, I can overdo the work side and tend to start neglecting other things. So, which is just as harsh a balance as the uh, a husband that is lazy and chooses not to work. It's just as, you know, his absence from being lazy and unintentional can be just as negative uh, as me being over-intentional with work and work-driven and neglecting my family that way. So that work-life balance is, is very, very dangerous. And if you don't have that leveled out, it, it can really go south fast. I look at three things in my life. I look at my family, I look at church, and I, I look at work. Work is a necessity. I have to work to pay bills, right, and uh, be able to provide for the future and different opportunities, right? My family is, like, you don't vary, like, regardless of what your job is, regardless of whatever is in the world is coming going on, like, your family has to be solid. They have to take priority. If I got a phone call from my wife right now, then she needed me, I would get up and I would leave this podcast. She takes priority, period. And I would presume that you guys are both in the same boat. But, you know, and then church. Somebody calls from church and says, hey, this is this needs to happen. Okay, like, I'll scoop my schedule around and make something happen and open it up, right? But, so, uh, I, I know it's kind of a little sidetrack, but it's, you know, I, I am very conservative with it, but it's not always right, and it can get very, very skewed very, very fast. So, you were you done with your... Yeah, so work-life balance and and what that looks like, balancing and kind of juggling church, family, and work. So just because I take that conservative route doesn't mean that it always balances out magically. So Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. It's a tough... Being a man is not an easy job by any means. Um but we'll go a little off course with this question. I mean, it all went wrong at creation, after creation, because God didn't do anything wrong. It all went wrong after creation. And we see it all through history, all through, I mean, all through the Bible, Old Testament, and even the New Testament, how men got it wrong. We we didn't embrace our identity from the start. Um, so uh, we'll go back to the beginning. I, I guess we've covered everything about um, what identity is looking like in society right now and how even us as Christians, we tend to embrace some of those identities that society has put on men. And I think that's where we get toxic masculinity from. Again, I think it's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as mas- toxic masculinity. You're either masculine or you're not. Right. That's how I see it. Um, 
But we also, I think, we can't display masculinity in our lives until we embrace our true identity. And, again, society can't tell us where our identity comes from because it comes from one place. Um, And we can go to Genesis 127 to know why we say it goes, it comes from God. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So we're already told right there. I mean, yeah, it's image, but it's that's the person who created us is the one that gives us our identity. Um, I can't say what my identity is. You can't. No one else I can tell me what my identity is. And if we start embracing our own or everybody's idea of identity, we're never going to be able to embrace our true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Like I know it was okay. I was in the Coast Guard. When I left the Coast Guard, I remember that feeling. It was you went from being in that circle to out of that circle. They changed the the safe combinations. They came changed the gate access code. They like literally locked me out of the base because I knew everything. I was I was running my section, right? So I knew every code to the armory, to the the codes to all of it, right? And in less than 24 hours on the day of my departure, they said goodbye, farewell, fair winds following seas, right? And they said goodbye and I walked off that that base. I could no longer walk back into that base, and it was I was cut off, bam, right. But the identity of like, hmm. oh, what do you do? I'm active duty Coast Guard. Like, oh man, that's really that's really unique. I've never uh, met anybody that's in the Coast Guard. It's like a drop in the bucket compared to the other services, right? But that identity quickly, you know. And then there's uh, the other side of that is there's assumptions to what you do or identities that like, oh, you're in the Coast Guard, you can swim. No, I was a mechanic. I sink. Like, I'm lucky to save myself, let alone somebody. I mean, in the seven years I was in the Coast Guard, I could tell you how many times I touched the water. Like, you just don't, like, especially as a mechanic, if you're touching water, you got problems. You're sinking, right? So, right. anyways, I say that as an example of how we quickly get socially identified, like, oh, man, you're in the military. That must mean this. Oh, man, you're a Christian. That must mean this. And there's yeah. a, you're a hypocrite. You're a, you know, whatever else. Oh, you're in the Coast Guard. You can swim and you can do this and you can do that. Well, yeah, okay. But, and, and just the same, when as we start, you know, we put our foundation on Christianity and we identify ourselves through what God tells us we are, we quickly, the outside world, wants to reject us and push us away and say, oh, you hypocrite. You're now and and want to pick apart every little thing. Just because I gave my Christ to, uh, my life to Christ it doesn't mean that I'm magically perfect. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, like, but there's also another side to that that is you're totally right. You're right on. Um, like they, they think, oh, so if you're a Christian, you – do this, you believe this, you do this, you do mm-hmm. this, based on a false image of what they think God is. Right? Very much like, so. they're not looking at who God actually is. They're looking at uh, a, a created idea of, of, 
a god that we follow, right? Like so. Absolutely. So there's that trip up too in the midst of all of that. Well, how about they do that because their identity is skewed themselves. So when they don't know their true identity and they're not embracing their true identity, they're making an identity of the one who created our identity. Well, I mean, yeah, most of them put a false identity on who God is, and they think, "Oh, this is this is what you're supposed to be." So, isn't we say we're a Christian? Oh, you're supposed to do this, and you're supposed to be this way. But if you're not embracing the identity that God created you in, how do you know what I'm supposed to be? You're judging me on your own assumption yeah. and on your identity is how you're now judging me. Well, I mean, even Israel, like, how many times did they create false images and idols? Right, like all the time. And and fell away, and well, God that's why, was like, I'm going to yeah. destroy you. And, and they're like, no, 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 please don't. But you that know? was why I said from the beginning of time, right? we we never embraced our identity. Our fall and our, our struggle in this as men started with Adam. I mean, he didn't embrace the identity that he was created in. Um, and, and not that leading is one of our identity, but... Adam never took authority and responsibility for the role that God had put him in. Hmm. He allowed Eve to sin. We never know that he, I mean, he obviously was there with her. He was given the command just as she was given the command. And she turned and had him eat. So instead of standing up and obeying God, he instantly just, okay, forgot everything that God had told him to do. So... It, but it just goes all through time. Even in the New Testament with Jesus, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they didn't know their identity because they never identified Jesus on who he was. And if they were embracing their identity, then they would have been able to notice Jesus when God came in flesh in front of them. And they, and, and they couldn't do that. They were living off of the identity they created for themselves or that their tradition and religion had created for them. Um, but let's go back to the military thing because I, 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 I have a question, and I don't want it to sound wrong. Or like I'm, I mean, I totally support the military, but yeah, would you be able to embrace your Christian identity and still go through boot camp? Because I, because from what I've heard, I haven't been in boot camp, but yeah. my brother, my brother is a former Marine, and. He said that the Marines, at least, and I'm figuring most military boot camps are the same way. They're to break you down and yep. build you back up into who they want you to yep. be. So if we're embracing our Christian identity at a mm -hmm. young age and we figure it out and we're trying to live that life, would you still be able to go through boot camp the same way? It's very interesting. I think in, in some ways there's... You know, okay, you 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 give your life to God, right? You ask Jesus, come into your life. You receive the Holy Spirit, okay? It's like you control how much you open up to God, your heart, your mind, and you choose you choose the actions and the response to it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. In the military. You raise your right hand, you sign on the dotted line, a blank check that has your life on it. And it says, 
my life now belongs to the government, which is scary. I read a, a poll the other day. 80% of Republicans don't trust the government. <laughs> don't have faith in the government. That's crazy. Anyways, I know that's random. I'm one in 80%, I guess. <laughs> so, but, you know, and like, I okay. So that being said, right, like you, you give your life, and this is not just like, uh, you know, spiritually at this point, like you're giving it physically. You're saying, I'll be there, whatever you want me to do. You want me to jump out of a helicopter? Okay. You want me to, like coming out of basic training, like you have no idea where you're getting stationed. You don't know where you're going to live. You don't want, they're physically controlling where you go, how you eat, what you say, what you wear. Like they completely take you and break you down. And as a Christian, for me, okay, I was there for seven and a half weeks. There was a group of Christians that we got together and we did a little Bible study every night, right? And my faith was not very strong then. It was kind of more of a like, oh my gosh, I've been reduced down to nothing but these most simple things like looking forward to a meal because I got to just sit there for a couple minutes and you know, but you have somebody hovering over you constantly. So if you didn't uh, eat properly, they would yell at you and make you do push-ups. And like they used to sit by the trash cans and they would dismiss tables, right? And if you didn't walk fast enough, they would sit there and scream at you and say, walk faster, walk faster. And if you didn't walk fast enough, they would start drilling you. And if you like took your eyes off of where you were going and you looked at somebody and they caught your eye, game over. You're going to have five people around you just swarming you, yelling at you, going bananas, right? So, like, I feel like, and I know it's a total rabbit trail with all of it, but you are, like, completely broken down to nothing. And so you really, like, start to rely on, you don't have to worry about anything, so you start relying on God. Like, as a Christian, like, my faith came out stronger because I'm like, oh, man, I don't have anything else. I don't have friends. I don't have family. I don't have nothing else to worry about other than just like staying locked on and okay god i don't know how in the world i'm gonna get through this because this is like borderline torture it's not torture it's really pretty awesome looking back but in the middle of it is horrible right but totally possible to remain a christian through it and if you don't come out stronger then you really need to question your faith and what what your basis are i guess the question is though if we're if if we're truly trying to embrace our identity mm-hmm. before we sign that our life away on a dotted line, yeah, would you still be able to respect the commitment you made to the military? Yeah, and still try to it because I know the boot camp is designed to break you of the identity you have, yeah, and build you up the, in the way that they want you to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I believe would they, you, would, they would you be able to? Some of them do, and some of them just encourage you to go to worship, and they don't care what you're doing. They don't care who you worship. They're just like, you just got to go yeah. to worship on Sunday. There was, right, but, but, there was a general chapel, and people that had never gone to church went to chapel just to get out of spit polishing their boots or whatever. Like, Well, that's like the fields are ripe for the harvest, right? Like, I mean— Yeah, but the message is very bland and very spread— I to mean, the God above, whatever creator you believe in, right. <laughs> like it's, right, it they, gets, they they can no ooh. longer call you out and 
and make fun of you like they used to be able to do, or you know, oh, you don't believe in no. Jesus's mama, and you know, they can no longer do that stuff. No. And, and, and uh-huh. stuff. But so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the stories I've heard about boot camp mm-hmm. and the things that they require of you, can you still maintain that? level of commitment embracing your identity in god and who he says you are and not let boot camp break you down will you still be able to get through boot camp the same way because i know their their idea is to break you of whatever you came in with yeah so they can build you up in their image so they can build you up the way they want you to be. Now, granted, yeah, afterward and stuff like that, you could probably go back to it because it's not as strenuous. But I know in boot camp, it's yeah. that drill so, instructor has one thing in mind, to break you and build you correct. back up. So I don't know, a young Christian I, trying to embrace his identity, would he be able to yes. truly embrace his identity and yeah. still? Okay, I, I just wanted to know. I mean, no, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I completely believe so. Now, you go into the military and then you get put in okay i was on a ship for three years right i lived with 18 other guys in uh a birthing in the middle of this boat right 200 foot boat like okay there your your faith is tested because nothing's controlled you have these general okay you have the law of the united states and then you have the ucmj right uniform military code justice right like all of that comes next. So if you get in trouble, not only do you get in trouble with the general law, whatever, wherever you're at, then you get in trouble with the military law. So you just have these overwhelming amounts of rules above you. And then everybody holds each other accountable through this kind of hierarchy of chain of command. Right. But through all of that, there's still like we would meet on the ship and do Bible study and we would do stuff. And it didn't matter where you're at in the chain of command. You could go to this Bible study, right? It was in like, you know, so like there was some good things that came there. And, you know, you're basically put in situations where you can either run from God or you can draw closer to God. Okay, go out on a ship for a couple weeks and never see land. And you have a couple options. You can either start losing your marbles because everybody does. Things get weird. Or... You can look around and say, okay, God, like, man, like we've been cutting holes through this water for two weeks straight and I haven't seen a bit of land. You created all of this. Like how incredible is this? Some of the the times that I was closest to God in that period of time were standing the night watch, getting off right at sunrise, right? Like getting off my, my engine room watch and going and getting a cup of coffee and sitting on the back uh, fan tail of the ship, right? The back of the boat and looking out over crystal clear water, crystal like glass water, super flat and watching the sun come up. I mean, it is like the most bare simplified. You have zero distractions. It's just like, okay, God, that sun came up again. Thank you. And I'm still above the water. I'm not below it. So that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like I know it's kind of a rabbit trail. No, but no, like, I, I didn't yeah. mean to get us off course either. I just was, I was just wondering for myself. Too. Absolutely. Um, I mean, because you got to look at what they're trying to break you of. They're trying okay. to break you of your bad habits, your vices, your uh, regardless of self mentality. Yeah. Like your work ethic. I mean, so they if we're already teach you. embracing God's identity. 
Yeah. And that's they don't try to break I know, break I know several people that that have gone through and one of which became a, a member of SWIC, which is the guys who go in and yeah. save the Navy SEALs. Um crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like that have been like God's the only reason I made it through this. Uh-huh. Like yeah. literally the only reason. I should have died. Yeah. And I was thankfully never in any of those situations, but those guys like you want to talk about being close to God. And that's just like, that's just going through their training. You're on that's death's just through training. That's yeah. not even talking about like what they actually go and do. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that it could go either way. I cuz I've I've known people who have gone in saying they were Christians and came out the complete opposite. Yeah. Lost their faith in the midst of it. So, or but, get a skewed mm-hmm. idea or of what faith should be. Yeah, and they get a whole different way of what it really is. You know, you really have to take a step back, though. I mean, all of us have that potential, right? Mm. Like all, every situation, every interaction we have, like it could either we can either put God in the middle of it. Or, or we completely press God out of it. Right. Like, if we're not allowing God to saturate every portion of our life, mm. like, I, I feel like those are the portions that we really need to, like, okay, do you separate God out for when you start looking on your phone, on Facebook, on YouTube? Do you, not to do, cut you off. Yeah, no, go for that it. That is a good thing for another topic. Fair enough. So, let, so yeah. guys I know. are listening, it, it and does. then we're yeah. talking about embracing our identity. So, yes. so we need to get back on yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. what you're that right, looks like. Right. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I kind of got us off course, but no, you're I've good. seen where it was going, and yeah. like, that's a, for, Absolutely. A whole nother, for a whole so, other uh, but show. But <laughs> with, with the identity, you know, we have to look at, like, okay, the identities that we take up, because we have roles, okay? So uh, I have a job. I'm a welder, right? Like, I can, just because I identify as a welder doesn't mean that I, I I neglect uh my identity as a christian and what god has in uh, you well, know, that's for what me. you do that's what Welding i do is what you it's do it's not occup- who you are no it's my um, occupation i mean i i work for a you process poop government yes i process poop i'm a wastewater <laughs> plant operator um for but Indians. that's not i mean <laughs> yes um let's keep that on the download uh, <laughs> that's not but that's not who i am it's what yeah. i do Absolutely. Um, and Derek, you work at the local community pantry, center, yeah. food pantry. That's Absolutely. not who you are. It's right. what you do. Um, you. I uh, even heard recently somebody take it as far as like, um, like you, if you, if, if you're an alcoholic and a Christian, like you're not an alcoholic, you're a Christian who struggles with alcohol. Right. Because your identity comes in Christ first. Hmm. And, and, you're somebody you are a christian who struggles with said thing like they they took it to that extreme that to that point of that's your identity is here with christ and all that other stuff that is tagged onto you are things you struggle with or other things that that you've done they're they're not what defines you because christ is what defines you good and bad yeah good and bad yeah and i that's not the first time i've heard that so us as Christians, not just men, but uh, we tend to, when we introduce people, we'll say, I'm a conservative Christian. Not, <laughs> not I'm a Christian who, type, thinks, what type of who thinks conservative or, yeah. oh, hey, I, I'm a progressive Christian. No, you're either a Christian or you're <laughs> That's not. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, but I've just heard other people say is that we're always putting something before 
our true identity, which yeah. is Christianity. It's found in, our identity is found in Christ. Hmm. We heard that in, in Genesis 127. In their image, we were made. So in God's image, we were made. Um, so, yeah, but I was just saying, I just agree with you that we, we can't be putting anything before Christian because that's who we're supposed to be. That's yeah. where identity really is. But too often, we add something before it. Um, that's a good point. Or even, I mean, we can even go as far as people say, um, I'm saved in Christ with this also. No, no, no. You're only saved by the grace of God. That's the only reason why you're saved. Okay. Um, so we know God has given our identity. In his image we are made. Um, where where would we look to find that identity? Where would we get any kind of model? Because you and I cannot model something we don't know what it looks like. If right. God's given that us, us that identity, uh, it's not like you and I are seeing God walk around every day. So who would we turn to or where would we look to find this identity? And then how could we explain it and think about it a little deeper? Um, so, I mean, our only the only thing we have to go by is what Jesus did. Right. And we know Jesus was countercultural. So I'd start in John. <laughs> We can, no, seriously though. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, John. John is honestly the best place to start. It so. is, um, but any one of the gospels, but right. in, anywhere you can find Jesus doing life and what he did, you'll find your identity because you're not going to find it in the Pharisees or anything like that because we already know they didn't. I, they didn't even know who Jesus was, and couldn't even see God in front of their face, even though that was their whole life was based around yeah. God. I mean, God chose them as his chosen people and they still couldn't identify God when he was standing there in, the, in their face. Um, so let's, 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 here's a few facts that, that, that we can go by. And this is how we can see our identity. We need to realize that we are his dependent. We depend on God for everything. We can't depend on the people around us. I mean, we can, but it's, it's ultimately that someone's going to fail. Right. The people around us are going to fail. Yep. So we have to realize that we're dependent, like our kids depend on us. And one day, hopefully, we can get them to know they're going to depend on God. But it's the same way. God is Father. We are His dependent. He can claim us on His taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are poor. That we there's nothing, and and we're weak. Our strength, our riches, our blessings only come from God. Mm. Um, we are sinful. We hear that in Romans. All have sinned. We're all the best we can do no matter what is filthy rags. But because of Christ, because of his death on the cross, because him being buried and rising again, we're saved. We're forgiven because of the act that Jesus did for us because of the gospel. Yeah, I actually, I actually like to take it a step further yeah. and and because of what Christ has done for us we are more than conquerors which is like yes that's a big thing like mm -hmm. that's a big encouragement for us as men too like cuz you know, we like that whole battle mentality right like that ah yep. right and it's <laughs> warriors of truth and all that but like we are more than conquerors we we we're we're able to go above and beyond in that you know yep um we have to realize that we are God's child. Mm. Not my mom and my dad's, not anybody. We're God's child. We were created in his image. 
So these are just things that we have to understand. This is our identity. And if we don't embrace this, we're never going to be able to live how we're supposed to live. We're, we are refugees. This is not our home. Hmm. This planet that we are been put on is not our home. We are here for a time by the grace of God, just living here. Um, our home is in heaven. Um, we are sheep in his flock. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what does the good shepherd do? We gotta wake up. Yeah. Listen to your half asleep now. We're like, holy yeah, smoke! I've kind of slowed it down. I'm I mean, joking we got, with you. We got really I'm excited about the military. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, but <clears throat> we are sheep. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I do believe we have to discover where we're getting it wrong. We got to see. Okay, this is what we've been doing wrong for so long. So, what does our identity look like? Yeah, um, it, it's really simple. It is really simple. We it make is. it complicated. Absolutely. Because living this way is not how society has painted us as men. It's not. So now we've got to live countercultural, right? Because Jesus lived countercultural. Mm-hmm. Who he was and what he did was not at all what society at the time was about. It was not at all what the religious leaders were teaching or were about. So um, we are a servant indentured for life. I mean, we have to have dentures for life. No, I, indentured. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What does indentured mean? Uh, we were paid. I mean, okay. I should have looked this up. I mean, but I mean, so we know that a lot of the Irish immigrants, they were considered indentured servants. So they would come here and not like. Not like they treated the slaves, but um, the the African slaves or whatever. They had a choice, but they would sell themselves for a price that they would never be able to pay back to get access to come to the United States. So whoever they sold themselves to for their passage, it would be a, an outrageous amount that they would work the rest of their lives to pay it off, never being paid off. So always working for their rite of passage that they had. That's like an indentured servant. And so to, to bind bind someone. It's like so, a binding agreement. Yeah, so bind by an indenture as an apprentice or laborer. Landowners tried to get their estates cultivated by indentured laborers. Right. And and it, it sounded better because you chose to put yourself there where a slave was not. You yeah, were usually no. just taken against your will and forced to work. Um correct. Totally and different. usually abused or whatever. I'm not saying indentured servants weren't abused. I don't know, but it was their choice to come here, not totally realizing the cost it was going to cost them. Um, but we're giving that same thing. Yeah, we are indentured because our lives were bought by one life, um, and then uh, we're supposed to submit to Jesus. We're su- supposed to submit daily to Jesus. And then the last one is we are worshipers to God be all the glory. I mean, so we have to have this mindset and we got to be thinking about these things if we want to embrace our identity. You know, in uh, the truth response, uh, one of the podcasts not long ago, we one of the episodes we talked about leadership and followership. And we first have to follow God, his intention for our life. 
we have to listen and take direction from him as he speaks to us. Um, I fully believe that God speaks to us through people around us by situations, scenarios. I don't believe in irony. I believe that the, the deeper you grow in your faith, the more God opens you, your eyes to his, like his control over what goes on in and around you in your life, good, bad, and indifferent. But there's nothing that happens that is not outside of his plan. Now, I say that to also say we now have to, we're leaders, but now we have to also be, uh, I'm sorry, we're followers of him, but we also need to be leaders. We need to lead people to him. We need to continue to keep our families in line with what he expects of us. You know, as a leader, we're given a higher level of responsibility. As men, we're given a higher level of responsibility. Uh, pastor over a church, I, I fully believe, and the Bible tells us that pastors are held to a, a higher level of accountability. I believe as men, we are held to a higher level of accountability. I believe that our wives help to keep us, if you're married, they help to keep you accountable. That's like the first tier of accountability in your home, you know. Um, but then we also start looking at discipleship and start looking at, okay, like, we're all sheep in this together. Like, how do we take care of each other? And how do we keep each other on track when you want to start wandering off out, out of the flock? Like, okay, how do, how do we keep it tight? How do we keep it, like, there's strength in numbers. So I, I think it's important that we, we not lose track of the leadership and followership because we need to be, do, be doing both simultaneously. <clears throat> Too often we think we can do this by ourselves. We can do this alone. <laughs> yeah. We are not lone wolves. We were not no. created. Again, we're not created to be wolves. We're created to be sheep. Ah. We need each other. <laughs> we need the shepherd. We need each. <laughs> we, we need the shepherd to come pick us up when we fall down because we don't know how to get back up. Absolutely. I mean, that's what sheep do. When they fall over, they can't get themselves back up. <laughs> if they lay down too long, they're going to die. So what happens? The, the shepherd comes, picks them back up, and puts them on their feet. We need that, just like we need each other. That's awesome. We need each other in our lives. I, I mean, I'd never realized that until I heard a pastor giving a sermon on the importance of just telling, okay, this is what a shepherd is to do. Yeah. And the reason why he walks amongst his flock is because sheep fall over. And when they fall <laughs> over, they don't know how to get back up on their feet. What do you do? I flip sheep up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to get back on their feet. And if they stay laid down to yeah. them, they're going to die. Yeah. So the shepherd needs to walk the flock constantly and pick them back up. That's um, pretty funny. But, uh, so, but we need each other. Absolutely. And discipleship is the best way to be in community with other guys who are like-minded, who want nothing more than to grow. And Absolutely. not just in number, but grow with our walking in spirit. So what on, a, on a practical level, like what does that look like? What is what does it look like to have a men's discipleship group or a discipleship group in general? Um, well, okay, so let's just take Jesus for an example. He had 12 guys. They did life together. Um, everywhere Jesus went, they went. Um, he didn't really send them out on their own to do the same thing until it was time. So um, a discipleship isn't, it isn't just another Bible study. 
too often we think, oh, it's just another Bible study. I'll do it for however long we're going to do this Bible study, and I'm done. It's a commitment that you're choosing to grow with other men. You're choosing to be vulnerable with other men because they're going to be vulnerable. Uh, there's a trust built. Absolutely. Um, there, and there has to be a trust built. So in most Bible studies, you're not going to get that same trust. You're going to get somebody who's talking. You guys didn't discuss the Bible question, but who's talking about your life? Who are you turning to when you're facing certain struggles? Um, who are you turning to when you're facing the addiction of pornography? Mm, you're not yeah. turning to your wife. You're not turning. Most of us aren't going to our pastor either. Sure. We're going to find somebody else who may be struggling the same way or. Or not. Or, or not even seek them out, but that person's going to seek us out. And that person is really going to care and love for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not going to find that in a Bible study because that's that's not what they're doing. They're not there to find that. Um, the, same yeah, thing with any kind of addiction. Right? Any kind All of addiction. It's about hard questions. It's about doing life, not just another Bible study. Yeah, you can study the Bible, and stuff, but it's about doing life together. Do you have those questions? I mean, I think it would be good to just give people the questions that way i mean if you guys want to start a discipleship group here's some basic accountability questions um that you guys can just be asking each other uh and give them the tools you know like let's 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 give the, them the tools this and, is so for for our church this is what uh you're basically laying out for the men's ministry there's three or four different discipleships groups that are are uh, some have been around for a little while, some have are just starting, but basically the concept is to start working through all of the same subjects at the same time, so that we can, as a group, whether you're in a different uh, D group or not, which is what we call our discipleship groups. If you're in a different D group, then no big deal, but we're still talking about the same thing, and then each one goes in depth within their own circle, essentially. Right. Right. So there's, and I'm not sure if this is the same accountability question. I'm trying to find. You get some of the basis, though, of, like, how, how it works. And so. Not, yeah, and we, we so that's we, a good way to kick it all off so, as far as the. So I can remember some of the questions. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, I don't Shoot have from it the hip. on my access Man. right now. I all right, apologize. so we'll give you all of them but, next time. How about that? Yes. Um, so striving i like to ask the question are you striving spiritually mentally and physically meaning are you spending time daily in the word and in prayer are you working on trying to increase your knowledge but also in doing that are you keeping your thought life pure from thoughts that you shouldn't be having um and then hey we have to take care of our bodies we can't be ready for that battle down the road if we're not taking care of our bodies we can't step up and protect our families <laughs> yeah. like we're supposed to if we're not taking care of our you bodies you can't spread the gospel if you're dead right like that. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. i heard somebody on another podcast say <laughs> oh that recently you can't you can't well it's true it's true if you can't get up and walk around how can you spread the gospel right <laughs> i mean okay well, you can mm -hmm. spread it through the podcast like we are hopefully you guys are listening uh so th there's a question we asked the <laughs> question uh i'll ask the question of how are you loving and leading your family as a man of God? Yeah. I mean, because that's ultimately, impo that's ultimately important. Sure. Um, and if you're not a married guy, then, hey, how are you leading the people that God has put under your care? And it can just be friends. You could have a friend group. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. If you're a man of God, you're in some form of leadership, whether you have a family or whether you're a single guy. You're in some form of leadership, and it's your responsibility to be doing it as a man of God. Um, 
how uh, have you committed? How was the temptations that you faced? And then what was your response to those temptations? Right. I mean, temptation's not the sin. It's the response after you've had the temptation that is the sin. Yeah. So, yeah, a thought can pop in my mind. Do I take the next Do I embrace second it? and embrace that thought yeah. and keep going further? Or, you know, even go further and, like, pull up something on a video or a picture? Or do I, no, pray and get it gone and move on and keep going? So there's that. Um, we definitely ask Make sure, hey, have your questions been honest? Have all your answers been honest? Not questions. I mess that up all the time. Have all your answers been honest? Because that's what it's about. If we're not being honest with one another, we're not going to be able to build community with one another. Um, and then and then there's always, hey, how can we pray for you? How can we support you this week? Um, hey, I'm struggling with alcohol. How about if I'm having this problem, I can reach out to you and you guys just talk me through take the next 30 minutes talking through the person or, Hey, I'll just come over and we'll go get some coffee or something to help. But that's what it requires. It's doing life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just in a disciple, if you're just in a Bible study, you're not doing that. Who are you calling in that Bible study group? No, if it's not pertaining to whatever chapter in the Bible or book in the Bible that you're studying or where it may, Oh man, I'm too busy. Oh, I got this. But if you got four or five guys that you're meeting on a regular basis, it's got to be more often, too, than just once a month. Yeah, the, It's got to be on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah. The life accountability portion, like we, we make sure and have Bible, right, mm-hmm. Bible study of some sort. But the life accountability portion is, is the key to what a discipleship group looks like because that's the part, that's the real, like, feat on the ground, you know, application to, to doing life. And so it, it's the, the help and translation from Bible to actuality, you know, like to, to what, to what we're supposed to be doing and, uh, keeping, keeping each other in line, you know, just making sure that when we steer off the path a little bit, that we have somebody right there being like, Hey dude, how can I help you? You know, like what's, what's going on? You know, where's your triggers, whatever, you know? I mean, we need guys in our lives who are facing the same things, may have faced the same things and overcome it. Um, Without discipleship and without guys with the same goal to ultimately live for God and everything they do, embracing our identity is going to be so hard. We can't do it on our own. Uh, Yes, we have the Holy Spirit we can call on, but... Jesus didn't just call on God and rely by himself. He had guys. Now, he was mainly holding them together. but so yeah, For sure. So landing this plane, right? It's about that time yeah. to land the plane. Um, until we embrace our true identity, we will never display masculine traits in our lives. Um, this leads us to how to live a life embracing our true identity. Well, here at rise and the podcast we we the men's ministry has come up with four truth pillars of truth that i like to call them that we must believe in and and embrace those truths and then we from those truths comes eight characteristics that are going to be evident in your lives um and that's what we're that's what the next episodes are going to be about teaching us how to embrace these truths 
and live out these characteristics. So, so thanks for joining us for the first episode of Warriors of Truth. All right, and God bless. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless. Bye.